0: Welcome to Queensway Pentecostal Church, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope you are blessed and inspired by today's message. Today's message title is Central to the Christian Life. A believer's hope is in the things that are unseen. Did you know that you can't see Jesus? Did anyone, does anyone know that? Now, some people would say, before." okay, that's fine. I'm not here to debate. But the truth is, uh, we can't see Jesus. We believe in things that are unseen. When the Holy Spirit, I've seen the Holy Spirit heal people in front of me. Did I see some physical thing happening? No, I didn't. I just saw a leg that was uh, this long become this long, all right? This long become this long, all right? So we believe in things that are unseen, all right? things. God does things in a way he he works on our behalf in ways that we can't always understand or figure out. So the question, what happens when we die? This statement, question, phrase has unfortunately become a a debated statement amongst scholars, theologians, and pastors in the church. We argue about is there a hell. That's the sort of stuff people argue about these days. It's brought unnecessary confusion in our culture and in our world. Some of us, some Christians, some uh, folks, anyone can believe that there is no hell. That's, that's not what the Bible says. All right, Now that's an uncomfortable truth, but it's what the Word of God says. In this room today, without knowing what everyone thinks, I, I, I don't know what everyone thinks is what I'm trying to say, but I can make an educated guess that there are different opinions As to what happens to us when we die. Just represented in this room, there's different opinions. Think about that. Honestly, I think of those close to me, and there are probably differing opinions amongst those that I'm thinking of, friends and family that I have. I can assure you that for every single one of us, we can't take any possession or position, any riches, any reputation. We can't take that with us when we die. We can't take anything with us. Our physical bodies will always remain on this side of eternity. Today I want to make a statement that I hope brings some understanding to how we're going to frame this dialogue. You see, excitement is not a term we would use when it comes to exploring an eternity of being tormented in hell. That's not how we describe it. Today I'd like us to remember this word when it comes to our dialogue. Today is a necessary conversation that we're going to have. I hope respectfully we can dialogue about this amongst God's people, God's children. I hope we can do that today. So our scripture text for today comes from 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, all the way into chapter 5 to verse 11. Now uh, buckle your seatbelts because it's a little bit of a ride here. Here we go. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, but those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. That we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is uh, chapter 5. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. They will not escape. Put on the uh, the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, remember that, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another another up just as you are doing. That's really what today is. I want to encourage everyone here and I want to build us up so that we can be truthful in our words. Uh, Canon David Watson, a man who died of cancer at 51, said this, no one can live well until he can die well. Isn't that interesting? You see, when it comes to death, there is potentially our, uh, our greatest fear in life. Our greatest fear can be death. I looked up some stats in Canada about death. Although the stats are interesting, a close second to Uh, being afraid to die. So death is the most feared thing in Canada. A close second thing to death is debt, (laughs) which is interesting. Also on the list is public speaking. You guys make me do it every week. Climate change and spiders. All right. (laughs) Top five. It's good. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're scared of spiders. It's okay. All right. A few of you? All right. Okay. Oh, man. Arlene's downstairs, so I can tell her stories about her. She won't look at me. She, like, some things she just freaks out. And living up here in the north has been different. There's more uh, mice up here. I'm not sure. And uh, they all our house. So I have a spot in my backyard after I kill them where I drop them, and they just disappear. Anyways. (laughs) So good. I read this statement uh, this week from a pastor and author who's written about eternity. This is his story. You may be able to relate to it. He wrote this, The saddest day of my life was the day I watched my grandmother die. When that EKG monitor flatlined, I freaked out. I absolutely lost it. According to what I knew of the Bible, she was headed for a life of never-ending suffering. I thought I would go crazy. I have never cried harder. And I don't ever want to feel like that again. Since that day, I have tried not to think about it. It has been over 20 years. Even as I write that paragraph, I feel sick. I would love to erase hell from the the pages of Scripture. I think we maybe have all been in a place like this at some point. We'd love to erase hell from the pages of Scripture. But if you've read the Bible like me, you know that we can't. (laughs) It's in there. You see, if there was ever a message to use the word scared in, this would be that message. You see, there is a question that ultimately comes with our sermon title today, What Happens When We Die? We believe there is a heaven, so does that mean that there is a hell? Ultimately, our question is, is hell real? There's so much at stake in this conversation. Think about it. If we say, if I say there's no hell and we're wrong, and it turns out that there is a hell, we may lead people into the very place we convinced them did not exist. Think about that. Or think of it this way if we say there is a hell and we're wrong, we may persuade people to spend their lives frantically warning loved ones about a terrifying place that isn't real. Serious questions, serious statements. You say heaven and hell, we can't just toss our two cents into the conversation, shrug our shoulders, and move on. I was thinking about this this morning, and you know, I'm as guilty as the next person of stuff like this, but you see here on the playground, you're going to hell. <laughs> Think about that. You're going to hell. Or maybe you hear your neighbors yelling that at each other. I don't know. Or your children, maybe. You know, I probably said that to my brother at one point in my life. I'm not sure. Anyways. But when it comes to heaven and hell, we can't just toss our two cents into a conversation, shrug our shoulders, move on. These are serious implications, eternal implications. You see, church, the stakes are high in this conversation, in this topic. I hope this message today centers you on the hope of a certain future and a glorious eternity with the Lord Jesus as we are transformed into his presence and glory. Our first point is this. I'm going to go quick, all right? so get ready. Our first point is this. A unique hope. First Thessalonians 4 verse 13 says this. I'm reading from a different translation than I read a moment ago. We want you to be quite certain about the truth concerning those who have passed away so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. That's from the Passion Translation. We want you to be quite certain about the truth concerning those who have passed away so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. You see, Christians have a unique hope. For the wor- word hope is not fleeting and doesn't come and go. It's not something that is emotional or it's not something just a momentary feeling. Hope is eternal. This passage that we've just read speaks of grief. Is it wrong to grieve? Let me ask you that question. Is it wrong to grieve? No, of course not. You see, grief is important and we shouldn't suppress it. But the grief of the Christian is totally unlike that experienced by someone who doesn't know Christ. Someone said to me recently, Isn't there much more hope at a Christian funeral? Absolutely. Absolutely. Someone once said, Other People see only a hopeless end, but the Christian rejoices in an endless hope. Let me read it again. Other people see only a hopeless end, but the Christian rejoices in an endless hope. I've seen a number of people pass away close to me, uh, far off from me. Some I've known, some I've not known, only heard by word of mouth. But people have passed away around me, connecting into my family and friends. And it's interesting seeing the situations of those who have faith in Christ and those who don't. And they are hopeless situations. But we don't have Christ. Our second thought today is this, a certain future. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who died while believing in him. You see, the Christian hope is not just Wishful thinking. It's not human wishful thinking, theoretical or speculative. It's not emotion. It's not a crutch. You see, the Christian hope is historical. It's historical because of Jesus. Jesus is real. He walked this earth. Uh, he's been through our situations, fought for us in our circumstances because of Jesus, because of his death, his death on our behalf, because Jesus bore the full penalty for our sin. Because of the cross of Calvary, the sting of death is gone for everyone who believes in Christ. That's what the scriptures tell us. That's what the Word of God tells us. You see, the believer's hope and confidence is that because of Christ, we won't face what was intended for us. Jesus has already done that for us on the cross. I was, I have, a, I follow a few people on Twitter and. Some of them are based in the States. They're not all Americans, but some of them are based in the States. And I find people, if it was like me moving to the States, you're basically not from America. You move there. People are really upset by the death penalty in certain uh, states in America. And uh, there was someone executed in Tennessee this past week, and they were professing their faith faith in Christ in their last words. And the person I uh, follow along on Twitter, they said, didn't someone already pay the penalty for our sin?" And I thought that was a great point. (laughs) Jesus has already done it. You know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus has already paid that price. Every one of us deserves death. Let's be honest. That's the penalty for us. But Jesus has paid for it. Because of Jesus, we know that death is not the end. I'd like to offer to us today that it's just the beginning. Our time here is just the beginning on this earth. Some of you may be saying, Pastor, I've been alive for hundreds of years, or I feel like it. This is just the beginning? Yes, I'm telling you. This is just the beginning. The resurrection of Jesus is the proof, the evidence, that he defeated hell and the grave forever. People want to say, well, how do you know that Jesus is alive? I would say, go to his tomb, see if he's there. He's not. You can go to the tomb Jesus was in, he's not there. And it's not just because it was thousands of years ago. He's not there, he was never there. He defeated death, he rose again. You see, the resurrection is the guarantee of Christian hope. One of my favorite songwriters wrote this lyric. He took one breath and put death to death. Think about that. He took one breath and put death to death. Our hope and belief that we will be with Jesus in eternity is based not on anything that we've done, but on what Jesus did and said. You see, church, it's all about Jesus. Our third point today is this, a glorious eternity. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself will appear with the declaration of victory, the shout of an archangel and the trumpet blast of God. He will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Then we who are alive will join them, transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air, and we will be forever joined with the Lord. You see, church, you and I will live forever. We'll live forever. This is the great hope that I've spoken of today. You see, in heaven, we know a few things about it. There will be no illness, no crying, no pain, but only pure joy. That's what heaven is. You don't miss those you've left behind when you're in heaven. You don't think about, oh man, I left my kids behind. Don't worry about them. Woo, I'm in heaven. Oh, I feel like that play we did last year all of a sudden. Anyways, it's all good. But it's only pure joy in heaven. We don't uh, miss those who we've left behind. Why? Because we are filled with joy filled with joy when we are in heaven you see regret remembrance looking behind us these are earthly instincts and emotions they don't belong in heaven they're not there heaven is complete joy here's a question for you have you ever been on a vacation or something like that and felt like you don't have a care in the world it's just like come at me i got nothing to do but sit in this pool i'm just chilling Everything has been taken care of. For me, I don't know if it's in the Bible, probably not. For me, that's a foretaste of heaven. Pure joy. And it's not because I'm lazy around. That's not my point. But it's just that there's no worries. We're in heaven. You see, this mindset gives us a new perspective to this life with all its trials, temptations, and disappointments. In heaven, we will never be part. From the Lord or those we love. Think about that. If you want to be with your loved ones, get to heaven with them. That's how we're with our loved ones forever. As this scripture says, we will be caught, uh, we'll be caught up together with him in paradise. There will be a great reunion in heaven. I've lost family in recent years. I'm looking forward. Every time I think about my grandpa, my uncle, I think, man, I miss them. And I think, man, I'm looking forward to the day where we get to have a reunion. As Paul says, let's encourage one another in these things. We have great hope. Our fourth point today is this. A sudden judgment. This is probably what most of us think about in this kind of conversation. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 to 3 says this. Now concerning the times and seasons... Brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Church, it seems since the day of Christ, the day Christ ascended into heaven, people have been prognosticating about when he will return. If you were a betting person, I know we don't talk about betting in Pentecostal churches, but we're on this road today already, so whatever. If you were a betting person, you'd be broke by now, betting on the day of his return. The Lord Jesus, Peter, John, and Paul all reminded us that Jesus will come back like a thief in the night. The point for us today is that we must always be ready. You see, Jesus is coming back. that emergency backup goalie last night was ready. Somehow he was ready. Just like we need to be. Now the money question. What happens if we reject Jesus? What happens if we reject Jesus? Paul the writer of this scripture tells us that destruction comes there's no escape from it and the wrath is very real that we'd experience. Pastor, that's bad, not good, terrible news. Why would you say it? Well, here's where I'm coming from when I say these things. First off, it's in the word of God. There are lots of things in here I don't always understand, but they're still in here. And we believe every word that's in that book Secondly, the word of the Lord declares that God has not destined us for wrath, but for salvation, for our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God's plan is always redemption. He's a redeeming father. Well, Pastor Jay, how could God let people go to that awful place? He's not making that choice. We are. We need to understand that. That's our decision. I I know it sounds crazy. No, his plan for us is salvation. Pastor Jay, was his plan to let my friend go to that awful place? No, absolutely not. His plan was, was for salvation. That's why we need to tell others about the Lord. God has not destined us for wrath but for salvation. That's his plan. Our fifth point today, a transformed life. Now here's the deal. I gave you those question sheets off the top. If you haven't written anything down yet, that's okay. But if you want to write something down, go ahead and write it down. We're coming to the end. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 8 to 11. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Church, the thought of eternity and the transformed life reminds us that we have a unique hope, a certain future, and a glorious eternity. The best is that. This is just a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. We forget that. That's what a relationship with God is for us in these days. It's just a foretaste of what eternity will be like with him. We are children of light and children of the day. Nikki Gumbel said, there is life before death as well as after death. There is life before death as well as after death. Jesus died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. We can't just sit back and enjoy this truth. We must do all we can now to give others hope. Sometimes I say mean things like, don't suck the life out of me. I, I, I listen to my sermons and I hear that every once in a while. Well, the truth is that this is part of it. We need to give each other hope. Come on, stop sitting around sipping coffee. Stop it. We need to give each other hope. Come on. Every week there's young people that come into this building, why? To give hope. We gather here on Sundays, why? To give hope to each other. We can't just sit back and enjoy this truth, yes. If we do, God still loves us, blah, 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 blah. Come on, we can't just sit around. Someone once said, Christ wants disciples who not only have hope, but also give hope. I was reminded again this week, I cannot go into the details because I shouldn't even be mentioning it. I ended this week of just how significant our words are to one another. Give hope. Church, I'm pleading with you. Stop the gossip. Stop the slander. Stop the infighting. The I'm not talking to my neighbor anymore. Stop it. Stop it. Give hope. Come on. That's what we're here for. That's why we belong in this family is to give hope. Just like This person, Canon David Watson, said Christ wants disciples who not only have hope, but also give hope. That's, man, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com.